This is a KTF Press podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Sai. You are listening to a preview of the monthly bonus episodes that we put out for paid subscribers in between seasons. If you are interested in hearing the whole thing, please go to www.ktfpress.com. Become a paid subscriber. Get this and every other bonus episode in a nice little convenient feed in your podcast player. Uh, get our weekly newsletter where we give you highlights on political in, uh, uh, education and discipleship. Uh, and our thoughts on current events and a whole lot of other things uh, straight to your inbox, get access to the whole archive of that as well. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time uh, uh, with you now. I want you to get straight to this preview. So here you go. The episode, the preview of this episode officially starts now. If I hung out and I could do this, hang out in the systemic all the time, I would not want to get out of bed. I, I wouldn't. Like if I just read the news and just knew the statistics and just like laid my life down every day at the altar of my social media feed, my algorithm to feed the outrage machine, that would be a very, just not a fun way to live. Welcome to Shake the Dust, Leaving Colonized Faith in the Kingdom of God. I'm Cy Hoekstra. And I'm Jonathan Walton. Our topic today is what keeps us going in the work that we do here at KTF when we're constantly confronted with difficult subjects. Like, what are the practices and experiences and the ideas that sustain us? Um, we'll also be introducing our new segment, Diving Deeper, into one of our rec- recommendations from the newsletter, which we have recently decided is going to be called, Which Tab is Still Open? We're not, it's not introducing it. We've done it before. We're just doing it again. But now we've named it. That's the difference. We've named it, <laughs> yes. which tab is still open. <laughs> That's exactly um, right. Uh, before we get into everything quickly, as always, no, well, not as always, but as we're doing on these bonus episodes, I'm asking you, please, everyone, if you support what we do, and I know that you do support what we do because you're listening to this bonus episode that is only for subscribers, please go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us a five-star rating. And mm-hmm. if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a written review. The ones that we have there are great. We so appreciate everyone who's already done this. It really does help us. That's the only reason I'm taking time to ask you to do it now. It helps mm-hmm. people find us. It helps us in the ranking. It helps us look good when people look us up if we have more ratings. Um, so if you support what we do and want to spread our work around a little bit, that is a very quick and easy way to do it. Just pull out your phone, open Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or really any any podcast app you have that allows ratings give us a five-star review give us that written review on apple even just like a sentence or two we would so appreciate it thank you very much without further ado jonathan walton you uh are obviously a black belt of spiritual disciplines <laughs> and emotional health uh just a sort of you know a, a, a sensei if you will um oh and my. If I, should I do that? I don't know if I should say that or not. <laughs> it's all good. You're um, facetious. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, give us some of the things that you do to stay grounded, some of the spiritual disciplines, some of the emotional health practices uh, that, that you do to keep yourself from losing yourself in the anxiety and everything as you go through stressful news events and deal with difficult subjects in theology and politics and um, oppression that we talk about all the time. I fortunately, I have thought about this a lot, um, mostly because I burned out and um, yeah. I 
have anxiety. I have anxiety. And uh, because of traumas, little T and big T trauma from when I was a child, I have a high propensity for control. <laughs> and so I think um, I, I've had to think about it a lot so that I could not just get by in life, but actually have thriving relationships where I'm engaged with people and um, and can show up as myself and not as a performer trying to get approval and things like that. So I think one of the things we want to think about a lot of the times is like, what is our motivation in these conversations? Why are we getting this information? Why don't we want to engage? Things like that. Being able to name our feelings, where they come from, and the stories we tell ourselves about them is just like an exceptionally helpful thing um, when we engage with this stuff. And so um, I, I ask myself those questions regularly, like, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? And then what is the story I tell myself about that feeling? Um, and so that's that's one simple emotional awareness thing. And I do that pretty, a, a, on a pretty regular basis in conversations. Um, and so, you know, if this is going to be like a sensei thing or Mr. Miyagi, you know, in The Karate Kid, like you're oh, doing no. these things, <laughs> you're doing these things and they are hard in the beginning, but then they become natural. It's like, oh, I'm not going to put my feelings on other people. I'm going to own my feelings. And Often um, that the re the reason I'm able to do that is because of uh, the three prayers I pray each day, um, the Lord's Prayer, the Prayer of St. Francis, and the Franciscan Benediction, um, because the Lord's Prayer helps me see myself and see God. The Franciscan, I mean, the, um, the Prayer of St. Francis helps me out of that, how do I want to see other people? I want to see them in the same way. And then with the Franciscan Benediction, then the the anger, the fear... Uh, the discomfort, all of those things are good. Um, that's the, the those are things you, you ask for in the Franciscan benediction. God bless you, discomfort, tears and sadness, um, anger, and then foolishness. And so um, I think after that, there's this thing called a rule of life that's very old that I update pretty intentionally instead of it being like a self-actualization tool where I'm just like, I just want to be my best self. It's like, how can I use this so that there's actually fruitful um, fruit in my community, not just me, where the the fruit is interdependence. The fruit is not independence in my own personal awesomeness. Um, and so being able to practice things daily, weekly, monthly, annually, quarterly, things like that to help me and my family and those around me flourish in ways that are transformative and helpful as opposed to strictly about utility or productivity or um, self-aggrandizement. And like the that. rule of life itself is like the, like, what exactly actually, what is it in your life? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the rule of life is like a, it's like an ancient spiritual practice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the image is a trellis uh, that the, whenever I've heard it talked about with monks and things like that, there's a trellis. Like if you're growing a plant, like a tomato plant or a cucumber plant or something like that, and you want it to grow up or grapevine, you set up a trellis to help it grow so that it's more fruitful. And so for us, it's like these patterns and practices and thoughts and habits help us to create a structure for us to grow. I, I'd like to think of it more as like the scaffolding of our lives, um, because when you take the scaffolding away, the building is supposed to stand. So when you take away these systems and structures we've set up, they become second nature those things fall apart and then you continue to do them and you are a whole a whole person. Like nobody is walking down the streets of Manhattan today looking at buildings full of scaffolding. Like when you take the scaffolding away, we're supposed to be whole. Well, 
Well, that's true. There's a lot of scaffolding around <laughs> and it lasts longer than it's supposed to. And for all those people in Jackson Heights, I know, I know your plight and I'm sorry. That's dark on your block for 10 months out of the year. <laughs> so, but, um, but all that to say, um, a rule of life uh, is, is a, just an exceptionally helpful tool to be able to do that. But so then you, for you, so the, the, the scaffolding, that's a good New York City updating of a, of a, uh, uh, an agricultural metaphor of a trellis. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what do you, what do you actually do? Like, what do you and your family like actually yeah, do on a regular yeah. basis? Um, so one of the big monthly ones is I looked at every month of the year and basically put something in there that all of us can look forward to together and or individually. So Priscilla knows that in our schedule, she's going to have at least three snowboarding or skiing trips in the winter. She knows that in the fall, she's going to have at least three or four hiking trips. She knows every October we're going camping with our family and every September we're trying to go camping by ourselves. She knows that every two, there's two weeks every July where we are out of New York City. Um, I know that every Labor Day, there's a chance for me to go away and her to take care of the kids for me to just like be away from my children and my wife for a little while. Um, I love them dearly. <laughs> And I'm an introvert. <laughs> so, and, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so things like that. So, yeah, that's that's something that um that happens every month and every day. Um, every day I am this year for my actually New Year's resolution. Shout out to 2024 for every post and thing that I have that is dealing with something difficult. I want to try and post and think about something that brings delight. And so can I actually hang out in the beauty and the resistance, the delight, and the struggle at the same time, and kind of show up fully in both spaces. That's what I'm I'm committing to doing on social media. And so all of that, so that one I think is more directly related to the stuff that we do at KTF Press. Mm -hmm. And you're saying that all those other things are like the scaffolding that lets the building stand. Like exactly. you you know, it's built into your the rhythm of your life that there is like things that are replenishing and peaceful coming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the mm -hmm. not too distant future, which exactly. makes the daily stressors easier or like seem like they're more you, something you can overcome more easily. Is that right? Yes. I've got, I've got equal parts depletion and equal parts filling. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You mentioned one of your goals for this year. What are some of the other like goal setting practices? Do you, I guess, I guess you talked about how you review, um, uh, uh, some of your emotions. So what are some of the other goal practices that you put in place? Every week um, I write out a to-do list um, like every Sunday night or Monday morning. Cause it's usually after midnight. I sit down, I look at the to-do list from the week before I mark out everything that was done. I rewrite everything that wasn't done and I fill in the stuff for the week. And I've done that. I did that last year, almost every week. And that's been something that's really helped me. Because I can tell myself I didn't do anything and I'm worthless. Like that's how I feel a lot of the times. Like uh, I ha I just haven't done enough. But if I consciously sit down and say, oh, these are the things I accomplished this week. This is what I'm looking forward to and what I have to do next week. And I can kind of close the chapter on one week and move forward to the next one. Um, that's probably the the most crucial thing that that's helped me. Um as in, in being able to engage with things that are difficult and things that are good. Cause I put those things in the same to-do list. So I have, you know, spend a good 10 minutes with Maya and Everest while also, Hey, Jonathan, you need to read this article for the newsletter. 
So they're beside each other. Like I go back and forth between that beauty and that resistance. That's good. I should do the look back at my previous when I when something's off my to do list, I it's just gone. Like I just hit complete no, on, yes, app yes, on my yes. phone. And I should that's a good idea, actually. I'm a shot. That's a shout out to Flora Beck. I don't know if she, oh, actually Flora Tan now. I don't know if she's listening to this, but she her reflections always challenge me. So yeah. Let's just assume Flora's listening. She's great. Yes. Um I come at this from such a different angle than you, man. So if it, I will say me as a listener, if I just heard everything you said, said, I would get kind of stressed out and think that I was in trouble if that's what you need to be peaceful in life. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the reason is this is not, it's not because anything you just said is bad. It's just because I come from such a different place, which is I used to be very hyper disciplined when it came to my spiritual practices. So I had, you know, prayer lists every day. I had like meeting a different list of people to pray for every day of the week. I had, uh, you know, quiet times and like um, just all kinds of regularized practices, practices like that, none of which is bad. Um, but it was bad for me because the reason I was doing it was basically out of anxiety that I wanted to be a good Christian and do things well and, and like be a good person and check all the stuff off my list and like basically remain like caught up with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And so I would get behind on my prayer list. I would get behind on my Bible reading. I would try and catch up. It would get longer and longer. Cause like sometimes, you know, you're just tired and you sit down to pray at night and you fall asleep. <laughs> and I would, it, it just, it so stressed me out. And I was using, we've talked about this before. I was using like prayer as kind of a bad substitute for, like mindfulness therapy, yep, <laughs> meaning yep. like I was just, I had no like emo, emo, sense of emotional health or like insight into my own emotions at all. I just knew I was real stressed out. And then if I sat and prayed for a long time, I would get less stressed out, which I used to refer to as like the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And I now <laughs> refer to as mindfulness <laughs> because <laughs> I, I realized I could actually do, I could accomplish that same sort of ridding myself of anxiety uh, without prayer, <laughs> which yeah, doesn't yeah, mean yeah. that prayer is useless or it doesn't mean it's just meant that it, it or that God shouldn't bring you peace when you pray. What it means is I was using God um, to achieve an end for myself. <laughs> and mm. like it was it was not like a relational. I wasn't there to commune with God. I was yeah, there yeah, to yeah. Uh, use God as a stress reliever. Um, so uh, the way that I stay grounded <laughs> and mm-hmm. the way that I live in my own like emotions and and put myself in a place where I am more able to handle the stress of life because I'm not so stressed out by my um, spiritual practices all the time is I read the Bible and I pray and I talk to God when I actually want to, which mm. um, if you grew up like me, that idea sets off alarm bells in your head because <laughs> you think that that means uh, that you are, uh, giving into your flesh <laughs> that you are, you know, not just not being disciplined. You're going to lose out. You're going to backslide and drift into the way of the world <laughs> yep, <laughs> and all these yeah. other, all these other phrases that basically mean you're going to lose out because you're not doing something in a rote way. Um, and I really had to lean into all the scriptures where God talks about spiritual practices and worship and everything that are empty of love for him and says, I, he says, I, I don't care about any of that. It disgusts me. Stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, he says over and over again. So, uh, I had to like take hold of that and 
and get kind of into the real, like get into a realistic relationship with Jesus where I'm actually talking to a being who I want to be talking to um, mm. as opposed to just doing things out of uh, rote obligation. Yeah. And the, and the, and the fruit of that is a closer relationship with God. Yes, like right, you, it is. you didn't, you didn't backslide. You didn't fall into the sea of forgetfulness. Like you've actually like cultivated a wonderful relationship with God, rooted in your desire to be with Him and His desire to be with you. And that is a beautiful thing. And my desire to be with God has increased since mm-hmm. I have stopped. Um, because because when I wasn't doing things this way, I fundamentally related to God in an uh, obligatory way. So like I didn't. <laughs> Like the same way you don't want to do any obligation. I didn't want to hang out with God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's where I was. So coming, I just, anyways, it's interesting that we, because we start in different places and because God knows both of us, mm. we do two very different approaches to things and we come um, out the other end more peaceful and happier and closer to God because, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, because of the the stuff that we did that actually correlated to how we feel what I'm, I'm just making another in our million plugs for like emotional health and awareness. Everybody, we got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, one other important thing for me is um, fiction, which is, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is funny. But I, I spend a lot of time reading, listening to, thinking about um, all different kinds of fictional stories. I mean, I, I've said before, I listen to like, I, I've, Lots of like sci-fi and fantasy and all that stuff, but like any other 35-year-old white millennial. Um, <laughs> but I – white male millennial. <laughs> but I um, actually think it's extremely important for us, like the, us people who are specifically called to be ambassadors of another kingdom, to be able to consistently exercise our imagination. And um, because we, we are supposed to be thinking about how to change the world on a very fundamental level kind of all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're supposed to be – yeah, bringing in new realities or, or praying for them or trying to. I'm not saying you, man, again, me as a as a younger Christian, I would have felt a whole lot of pressure around that idea of you have to bring in a new reality. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. That's what we represent and that's what our God does and is after um, is, is a fundamental change in things. This is why I'm pretty sympathetic to abolitionist politics because mm. they are the ones imagining the most radical changes for, um, for us, uh, for our society and for the, the most marginalized. Thank you so much for listening for more of this episode and for all of our other bonus episodes and for our weekly newsletter, go to www.ktfpress.com and become a paid subscriber. Support everything we do, helping people leave colonized faith for the kingdom of God. We so appreciate uh, you considering that possibility. Thank you all so much and you will hear from us soon.